Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Florida. Brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy. The influx of new residents has had an impact on community organizations, including the YMCA. In this episode, Orlando Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Sean McCrory talks with Kevin Bolding, CEO of the YMCA of Central Florida. We'll learn how he and his team are handling demand while planning for growth. Thank you for joining us, Kevin. You've been president and CEO of the YMCA of Central Florida for two plus years now, but have been with the YMCA for decades. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you were drawn to and remained with the Y for all these years, and how the YMCA of Central Florida compares with your other stops. Thanks for the invitation, first of all. Yeah, this is year 29 for me in the Y. I never imagined when I first started that I was going to be in this organization for this long, and it just finds a way to put its hooks in you and, and doesn't let you out. But um, it's been 29 good years, and through that time, I've moved around a little bit. I uh, started off in Virginia, which is my home state, and the city that I grew up in is where I started in Lynchburg, Virginia. was there for a couple years, went to Detroit uh, for 10 years, learned a ton in Detroit, met a lot of really great people. From there, went to Miami, a cultural shock, especially coming from Detroit, but another great learning opportunity. Wanted to start a family, realized we wanted to do so in a different place, and so Pittsburgh was a great opportunity for us. So 12 years in Pittsburgh, and I uh, got my first CEO job, YMCA CEO job, while in the Pittsburgh Y. And after 12 years, now I've been here for two. So uh, enjoying the definitely the change in pace, uh, definitely the change in weather. Um, that part's been great. And I guess, you know, what keeps me in, I've never known any other organization that gives me the same degree of satisfaction for the work that I do. I get to see how YMCA's across our region change lives every day. And occasionally we get the, the letter from the member that shows the impact and that just makes it all well worth it. Great. Well, your appearance on today's uh, podcast comes just after the Dr. Phillips Charities announced a donation of $2 million to the Dr. Phillips YMCA. Tell us about how the Y will be using the donation and what enhancements the community can expect. Yeah, we were very fortunate to and blessed to be able to have our ongoing partnership with Dr. Phillips Charities. It has been one that over the last several decades has been very beneficial for the Y, and I can't imagine where our Y would be without them. This particular gift is primarily focused around drowning prevention and water safety, and specifically into enhancements to our outdoor pool at our Dr. Phillips YMCA. This is a why that is tremendously popular in that section of the community. You know, we've been fortunate that we've got on a monthly basis, we'll see 50,000, 50 to 60,000, as we would call it, swipes of people who are coming in and out of our why over the course of just a month. Some 18,000 actual members who call that YMCA home. And so what we know is that over the years, People's lifetime and patterns and needs change and the needs of families change, and especially around water. This is a grant that helps to make sure that we can have a top-notch outdoor aquatic area that can help us to continue to make the dents and drowning prevention that we feel that we need to make in this particular community. And apart from uh, Dr. Phillips Charities, what are some of the other area nonprofits the YMCA of Central Florida has partnered with or benefited from? 
And how have those partnerships benefited the community at large? With an organization of our tenure, that's a pretty long list. So I'm just going to try to keep it over, I'll say, most recently. Like most other YMCAs across the country, what we do with the school districts is really critical to our work. And we think we bring a great degree of value to what they provide our local students. So I would say really all of the county school districts, OCPS, Seminole, Osceola, even going out into our kind of further out regions, as I think about Lake County and other counties as well, We've been really fortunate to have great relationships with our local school districts to provide after-school programming for both elementary and middle schools. So that one is one that I would normally put at the top. We have a good relationship with United Way also. We've been doing some great work around the digital divide and making sure the kids have access to technology, working with some local corporate partners, in, in particular working with Ernst & Young. That's another big win for us. Uh, locally, I think you would find that all of our wives are doing something in their local communities with another local nonprofit. For example, we were just talking about the Dr. Phillips Y, and the Dr. Phillips Y had a great partnership with the, and continues to work with uh, Rose and JCC around mental health. And, you know, it's great when two organizations can come together and do the great work that's needed in, in their communities. Wayne Dent's Charities has been another big provider and big partner for the Y over the years. Uh, we've benefited greatly from that relationship. And then, you know, it's hard to leave out government in this one as well. Our government partners have been critical to our work both recently and probably over the last 20, 30 years. Orange County government, we've got a Y at our Blanchard Park location. We've done a lot, especially recently with Lake County, Osceola County. We um, we have a YMCA that sits on the airport grounds. So there's lots going on from both the school district to uh, local school districts to traditional nonprofits, as well as what we do with our government partners. And pivoting to uh, the business community, what are some of the significant partnerships between the Y and the business community of Central Florida? And how can area businesses be better partners with the Y? Yeah. The ones that really jump out, we have done a lot to really build our relationship with the Orlando Magic. I found them to be tremendous partners in what we do to serve kids and make sure the kids have a great experience, especially around, or in particular around our youth sports programs, specifically basketball. You know, I think people look to the YMCA from a youth sports standpoint and especially from basketball, and that's great. And we we love that kind of brand identity that goes along with it. But I think sometimes people don't realize the majority of our youth sports teams couldn't happen without the great support of volunteer coaches who are making all of those weekend warrior games work. And these volunteer coaches, they are well-intended, but they're not always the best basketball coaches. So we lean on the magic to help us help them to be better coaches and who better to do that. So they've been great partners. Disney, we had two of our child development centers on Disney property, and that's been a great relationship for us over the years to provide uh, services for their cast as well as for other people in the community also. Pepsi's been a great partner also over the years, has been a partner with YMCA's nationally. So not just here, but nationally. And then once again, I'll kind of give a local flavor. We have a Y in Ocala, the Frank DeLuca YMCA. So Frank DeLuca Toyota, you know, another great local partner there. And I mentioned um, Ernst & Young, EY has done some local work for us at our South Orlando Y here. Then as it relates to, you know, how can other local partners help? I think 
at a corporate level, every company wants to kind of make their own impact in their own way. And what we found is just with a simple conversation, we can find out what they're passionate about, where they want to help. You know, I'll use Ernst & Young again. We had a uh, some leaders there who said, man, we really want to make a difference in making sure the kids have access to technology. So Ernst & Young partnering with Verizon says, well, let's see what we can do to kind of help to make that whole thing work. The great thing about the why is we will always need help. <laughs> we will always lean in with local partners, both uh, nonprofit and, and well as for-profit. But we'd like to find out what's the thing that that their local employees are really interested in doing. And a lot of times there's synergies with the Y or where we can find a way to, to find some common gains. The YMCA of Central Florida lists 19 area locations. What's the Y strategy for maintaining or adding locations, particularly as the area population continues to explode? I can't answer that question without first recognizing that I think people will know that we just recently communicated the closing of our Avalon Park YMCA. But in the face of that, we do know that we will continue to grow. But, you know, what I will tell you is I've been in this position for two years and we had said from day one that uh, at least I had shared with our volunteers from day one that we would likely get smaller before we get larger. So as a nonprofit that frankly is still trying to recover from the pandemic, we had to kind of rally first. We've had to kind of um, rally our resources and make sure that we are we can be strong in the areas where we can be best in. So that part for us is a little bit of a kind of contraction strategy to it. But it's set up that way so that we can then start to look at what are going to be the best opportunities for us going forward. We need those opportunities to marry up with what are good business models for us also. So as we look at growing, we look at it now and, and say that we're serving roughly 200,000 people a year. Our goal within the next 10 years is to serve 500. So when you look at where the population is continuing to grow, uh, we know that we're going to have to continue to grow in both footprint and partnerships as we continue to look at our plan over these next uh, next 10 years or so. There's a lot of different pieces that go into that. I think there's uh, we've done some work to really remodel our membership structure to make sure it's a structure that could be more easily attainable to more sections of the community. We know that in this community, there is a huge number. I think they're defined as Alice families, families that would be uh, household incomes of anywhere between 50 to 60, $65,000 a year. So we've started to kind of recraft our membership structure to make sure that those families can access the YMCA more easily. We also know that as we look at this growth strategy, even if we did add five, six other buildings with the amount of growth that's going on here in this community over the course of the projected next 10, 15 years, we can never add enough facilities. And that's not the model that we want to be in anyway. So it goes back to kind of how we started, which is our growth is going to happen with and through our partners. We're not going to try to reach 500,000 by saying that they all have to be within our buildings. We know that it's going to be with and through our partners that we're going to continue to grow and continue to make the impact in local communities. Kevin Bolding joining us. Next, how the why is tackling key community issues when Florida Business Minds continues. People's Gas, working with businesses across Florida to lower energy usage and costs with efficient natural gas. 
Get cash back energy conservation rebates when you install new natural gas equipment. Learn more at peoplesgas.com slash biz rebates. The Orlando Business Journal has led a number of panel discussions over the past year, looking at some of the areas of greatest concern for the community, including the lack of affordable housing, food insecurity, the challenges and opportunities created by the Hispanic population boom. How is the Y helping to address some of these community issues and what other issues is the Y helping to tackle? I would say the first thing that we look at is trying to make sure that we have both the staff and volunteer team that's representative of the communities that we're serving. On a staff level, on a team member level, we know that 49% of our nearly 2,100 team members identifies people of color. And so I think if you're going to be out there and try to serve the communities that you're in and serve the different uh, the changes in demographics, you better make sure that from a people standpoint that you're representative of that. And so we are there. From a volunteer level, I think we still have some room to grow. So that's going to be another area of focus for us. Programmatically, our goal is looking at it and saying, you know, I think people identify with us and look at us and say, hey, this is the why and they do fitness and they do treadmills and all of that. We want to be known for so much more than that. You know, I mentioned before about the desire to kind of work with and through partners to be able to get out and, and serve some of these different needs. One of the programs that we have dialed up, it's not out there ready just now, but this is an example of it. When I was in Pittsburgh, we ran a program called Why on the Fly. Why on the Fly was a program that was dedicated to making sure that we could get a van or vans out into communities that did not have YMCAs that then focused on showing kids how to have fun. So the fun was the hook part of it, but we also then finished the fun part of it with helping kids understand how to make healthy snacks. And so when I look at programs like that, but that particular program, we were going out into two communities a day, just doing basic things like kickball. And people say, well, kickball, well, that's boring. Kids don't play anymore. You know, not outside of tablets and this and that. And when we can go out and just go into places where we know the kids are in these local communities and just show them how to play again and then couple that up with a healthy food or healthy treats. And then also we're looking at working with some potential um, healthcare partners and saying, all right, so if we're out in the communities and the kids are having fun, can we then also pair that up with maybe, um, you know, a, a dentist visit while we're out in communities like that? So we know there's a lot of potential. We think that it's going to be done once again with and through our partners. And I think as we get there, then it's going to help us position ourselves to where we need to be. Florida's business journals have uh, reported exhaustively on the growth and changing complexion of the state's business communities, fueled largely by the historic in-migration of residents and businesses. How critical would you say it is for the continued growth and marketability of our region and state that we have active and thriving YMCAs, and how much do residents and businesses take into account a community's access to fitness options and children's activities before relocating? That's a lot. So here's, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't be a good YMCA executive if I didn't tell a story in this whole thing. And so I'll, I'll give you a quick example. I received a letter from a member recently and This is a member at our Blanchard Park Y, and our Blanchard Park YMCA is still closed because of the the hurricane last year. And in the letter, she talked about how important the Y has been for her. And in that letter, she talked about not just how important it was, but how important the Y had been for her family 
and her marriage. So in this particular case, the family piece, I understood that. We hear that all the time. And then she talked about it from the marriage standpoint. And she said, you know, when a Y would have events like kids' nights out or parents' night out, she and her husband, they don't have any other family here. And so they leaned on the Y to have that place where the kids can be dropped off. And while the kids do them with something, it gave them some time away. It gave them some time to to kind of be adults. And I, I really kind of gravitated to that because that's my story. And I think that's the story of a lot of people who are in migrating. Um, we've been here for two years. We don't have any other family here. And so the why becomes that natural extra family for a lot of people in the community. The why, because of the strength of the brand, because of the strength of our prior work, people recognize it and they know they have a certain degree of trust with what they can expect from the YMCA. So when I look at it and say, all right, you know, continued growth of the region, I believe that there's no such thing as a strong community, but it doesn't have a why in it. I'm biased, of course. <laughs> you know, I think whys bring together school partners. I think they bring together governmental partners. I think it all can happen under one particular roof. I think it brings together corporations. And there's so much that rallies behind local whys. And so whether you're just that, that one individual family and you're looking for a way to make an impact, or whether you're the Orlando Magic and you're looking for how you know they can kind of take their business mission around community engagement and put that together in a plan that's going to serve you know at least just for us 10, 12,000 kids a year. I think YMCA's are critical assets to communities because they bring people together. They give people that third place to be. They create community. What are some of the top priorities for the YMCA of Central Florida for 2024? and then looking ahead to the next five years beyond? Our growth trajectory, we want to get to a point where we can serve a half a million people in this community. And you know, the question is gonna become, when I look at us saying, you know, we're roughly 200,000 now, is 500 enough? <laughs> it's the growth pattern here is so, it's so impressive, especially coming from Pittsburgh, a community that just didn't have that same level of growth. And so from a top priority standpoint for us, we're focused on really three different core areas. Number one, our people. We know like any other company that's out there that we have to invest in our people. We have to invest in not just the people who we have who are our staff, but our volunteer network. YMCAs cannot do what they do without the strength of a strong and robust volunteer community that's out there. And that's not just at the level of the group that's helping us to teach a basketball class or some other youth sports program, but from a governing board standpoint, YMCAs are complex organizations. Yes, we're a nonprofit, but that doesn't mean that we're not a strong business, that we don't have the same business challenges. And so I lean on our board to help us to navigate us through a lot of the critical issues that we have to go through in our organization. So we will continue to invest in the people that make up the organization. Number two, we have to do some pretty significant investment in our places. We have a pretty expansive footprint covering six counties, some 14 different you know, full facility YMCAs, two child development centers, but they are aging. I will tell you that they are aging. And as they age, we know that we have to catch up on the investments that are necessary, both in what people see every day, as well as all the boring stuff, you know, the roofs and the AC systems and all of that stuff that people don't see. But even beyond that, we know that all of our whys from a facility standpoint 
the needs of families are changing. And so we have to start to look at how do we change these facilities to be different types of spaces for changing needs of people and families tomorrow. And then the third piece for us, and I've talked a little bit about it throughout our talk today, is communities. We feel that if we can get the people and the places parts of what we're trying to do right, then it's going to propel us to be able to be more active in communities. Once again, we will never have enough facilities in our YMCA to serve every community. That's a failing business strategy to try to have a physical footprint in every community. But we do know that with and through our partners, we can start to get into most of the communities that are out here. So for us, it really comes down to those three things. It's the people, places, and communities as we try to go from 200,000 to 500,000. And I think about it from a business standpoint also and say, all right, if we're at roughly 2,000 team members serving you know, roughly 200,000, you know, we're going to look to try to double our employment count. So we're, we're making a pretty big impact from an employment count in the community and what we do to give back to the, all the local vendors that help us supply all of our different lines. Kevin, I very much appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Great conversation. I appreciate your uh, insight. Okay, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for downloading Florida Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Florida, brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy.